0: This is an Equity Bates Media Podcast.
1: Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile unlimited premium wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, bet you get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. Sold. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
2: Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget?
3: I will say this about investing.
2: Everything you do learn is cumulative. What I learned at 20 is useful.
4: Welcome to another episode of Equity Mates, a podcast that follows our journey of investing. Whether you're an absolute beginner or approaching Warren Buffett status, our aim is to help break down your barriers from beginning to dividend. My name is Bryce and as always, I'm joined by my equity buddy, Ren. How are you going? I'm very good, Bryce. Great to uh, be with you again.
5: Particularly excited about this episode, buy, hold or sell. And uh, in Australia, if you want to do a buy, hold or sell episode, there's one person you go to and we've got him in the studio, so I'm pumped to get into this episode.
4: Back by popular demand, it is our pleasure to welcome Adam Dawes to the studio. Adam, welcome. Thank you, boys. It's great to be here. So Adam is a senior investment advisor at Shore and & Partners and one of the most successful guests on Equity Mates still holds the mantle as, I think, the most downloaded episode of all time. <laughs> so he's back to uh, defend his title.
5: Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely.
4: Let's go. So how this is going to run, essentially we have a huge, Huge list of stocks from the Equity Mates community that you're going to give a uh, buy, hold, or sell recommendation, and we're just going to pump through it. It's going to be so epic.
3: By all means, this is not advice. No, this is not advice. <laughs> this is your, to- opinion.
4: Correct. Yeah. Correct. So your opinion. Correct. Correct. Your opinion. your professional
3: advice before you do anything.
4: Yes. Do your own research. However, before we do jump in, as Ren said, this is part of our ASX week here at Equity Mates in partnership with the ASX. Yesterday, we had an amazing episode from Anthony at Fidelity. And it continues this week. Tomorrow we have Eugene from Franklin Templeton talking about emerging markets and electric vehicles. On Thursday we have Chris from Montica talking about private markets. And then we close out on Friday with an awesome episode from Antipodes. Uh, Allison chatting all things decarbonization. So huge week coming up, Ren.
5: Huge week. Uh, we don't have enough time to cover all the stocks uh, that we got on the list. So let's get into it. Let's do it. We should say, though, Uh, If you do want to hear more of Adam after this episode, you can go over to the ASX website. The link is in the show notes and you can hear his presentation as part of ASX Invest Today. It's buy, hold and sell. It's what Adam does best oh, uh, <laughs> and they will be talking more individual stocks. So if you can't get enough of him here, head over there after this. But let's get into it. There's probably no hotter topic at the moment in the Equity Mates community than hydrogen. Uh, when we were emailing before we started recording, you said you had some thoughts. Uh, yeah. So let's start with hydrogen. Um, yeah. What are you seeing in the industry?
3: Yeah, look, it's a really interesting one and it's certainly one of those ones where Australia could definitely be a world leader in uh, overall hydrogen and and production of energy. Now, taking it all the way back, hydrogen is basically taking H2O, so water, and the H out of water being hydrogen and then splitting that. Now, it does take a lot of energy and generally it's always been this technology has been around for many, many, many years. But what the the difference is now is that, that we've got enough solar, wind, Uh, renewable energies now to potentially make hydrogen that is zero carbon emissions. And the difference is, is that before we didn't have the reliable baseload power to be able to do that. So now hydrogen has a couple of uh, sectors. There's a, there's a, a green hydrogen, a blue hydrogen, those kinds of things. Now, green is obviously made by fully recycled renewable materials or renewable energy but then really the blue hydrogen is partially made by potentially coal or something like that. So if you're looking at hydrogen, it's not all the same and definitely then also there's not a large moat around hydrogen at the moment. When we talk about a moat is the the amount of defensible that your company can have because anybody can split atoms. I mean, not me, but <laughs> anybody, can split, anybody can split an <laughs> atom, but uh, it, it, it takes a lot of energy. But then also it is, it is quite uh, different going forward. So, the real IP in in hydrogen is the actual uh, transporting of the hydrogen It's quite dangerous to transport it, and that's where the big mode is. The actual production isn't too bad, but any, everyone's getting on the bandwagon of this. There's certainly some you know, new hydrogen plays that are out there. There's even an ETF, HGM, which has gone ballistic uh, at the moment and been put out right you now. New South Wales government said they're going to put three billion dollars into this. Um, you know we are going to do this, and certainly Twiggy Forest has also done quite well and and. I think yesterday he was doing a deal with Argentina or something like that, some some hydrogen as well. So he's definitely moving in the right direction for that. So I think, look, it's certainly a buy from me, the sector. However, you've got to be careful about the individual players in there. And I think that ETF, HGEN, is a fantastic way to get some exposure in in its early days.
5: Nice one. Mm. Well, we start with a buy. Love to see that. Uh, And I think we should move to uh, Materials and Fortescue because it was one of the most – Uh, requested stocks and Twiggy has been out and about, you know, that deal uh, that you were talking about. He also painted a whole bunch of London cabs green and uh, was advertising uh, hydrogen over in the UK. Yeah. So um, we were going to start with materials and mining, get your thoughts on the industry, top buys and top sells. But let's just put a pin in all of that and let's go straight to Fortescue. What are your thoughts?
3: Yeah, it's a nice segue I think, isn't it? So look, Fortescue I think is a buy. I'm sorry. I know it's a buy. (laughs) I think I know it's a buy. You're taking it back again, but certainly Fortescue as well as BHP and Rio. So all buys from me. But uh, Fortescue and BHP and Rio can make a ton of iron ore for fifteen dollars. That includes their dividend, right? Now, iron ore price has gone from two twenty dollars down to $100 and sort of been bouncing around it and went limit down on the Dalian iron ore exchange just the other day. Limit down means that it's gone lower than 5% in one trading day and they stopped trading because it's falling so fast. So limit down means that it's it's, it's moving fast. But we've all seen these miners now start to bounce back. The thing is with uh, iron ore at $100, it takes out a lot of these marginal players that are around the world China's been trying to look decouple themselves from Australia because of our iron ore and then moving that to Africa, Indonesia, those kinds of things. There was a coup in Africa the other day and China's got a massive mine there that they're looking to. That's put them back six months because of the political unstableness of the area. So at $100 iron ore price, that takes a lot of these marginal producers out. Now, A Fortescue can make a tonne of iron ore for $15.00. It's still at a $100 spot. It's not as good as $200, Mm -hmm. but it certainly means that these guys are still going to be able to provide uh, good quality iron ore going forward. So, yes, the iron ore price has come down. I think it will stabilise around this $100 mark. The government's got $80. Most analysts have got $80 as a spot price for iron ore, so I think we're there. I think it should move along sideways and then continually start to move higher. So Fortescue, Rio and BHP should be a buy in anyone's portfolio at these levels.
4: Uh, sticking with the materials theme, before we move on to some from the EM community, are there any top buys or top sells from your point of view, other than those three that you just mentioned?
3: I think certainly um, on the sell side, it's a little bit tough, but I'd be cautious around copper at the moment. Now, look, copper certainly had a very good run, and I really like Oz Minerals. Samfire we've got a buy-on as well, but I'm sort of a bit cautious about Samphire. They've just run out of a mine. They've now bought another mine. There might be some issues there. So I think Samphire is probably one that I'd look to sell. I'm going against uh, my analyst here. I think Samphire is probably one of those ones you've got to be a little bit careful about. But, yeah, I think copper, as it's run, has run a very good race. On going from that lithium, I still think it's got a lot lot of way to move, obviously, with that battery technologies, those kinds of things. I'd just be a bit cautious. It's all about cycles, and we've seen the iron ore cycle go up, and now it's come back down. All stocks have re-rated. So if you're looking at a commodity stock, you must look at the underlying commodity first, look to where that commodity is going, and then the share price will definitely follow. So aluminium, coal has been also, I mean, a lot of people don't like coal, but 85% of the world's power is still run by fossil fuels. So we still need these kinds of things. And you watch the coal price. coal price has been moving higher. We've been doing some investing in aluminium and coal. South 32 is one of those examples where you could look for that diversification of some of those metals that are starting to now move up versus – They've already peaked and now potentially coming down.
5: So, you mentioned lithium there, and there were a number of lithium stocks uh, that were asked about uh, core lithium, uh, Vulcan uh, energy, and neo metals, which I think does a few things, including lithium. Lithium, yeah. Uh, any thoughts on any of those three names?
3: Okay, so core lithium, uh, a lot of the guys on the desk that I sit around have been trading this one, and I think this is a really interesting one. So, uh, look, I'd keep a, a buy on that one, definitely. Uh, Vulcan, on the other hand, has just starting to fight off a shorting report that's just come out. Now, I don't know if anybody knows what a shorting report is, but a shorting report is is that basically these guys get themselves set to the short side. So in other words, they're taking a bet that the stock is going to go down. And this report basically came out that said that Vulcan, on its PFS study, um, it basically came out and said that it wasn't going to be able to produce what it was saying it was going to be able to produce and at the cost that it was going to be producing so the stock went into trading halt Now there's two ways you can deal with a shorting report. One is you can just let it go and let the market decide or you put your stock into trading halt and then from there you can rebut, uh, or, yeah, basically tell them that they've got all these things wrong and that's exactly what Vulcan did and the share price fell a little bit but now it's starting to come back. The problem is with shorters that if you throw enough mud on a wall, some mud's going to stick And that's Mm -hmm. the problem with these things because it puts a little bit of doubt because Vulcan has been a fantastic story for the market and a fantastic way of being able to produce lithium at zero carbon output because it is quite an intensive mining process as well as then production as well. So I'd be a little bit cautious on Vulcan at the moment. I think it's had a very good run, but I think that uh, shine has now started to come off and I think there'll be some more questions being asked about that one So I think yeah, and what was the other one? Neo metals. Neo metals,
5: yeah. Yeah, I
3: don't know too much about that one. I think uh, it's got some good stuff in there. Um, Everyone's got this claim to fame that they're going to be now zero mining or zero carbon output for miners. It's going to be very very difficult Mm. for a lot of these guys to be able to do that. They say they can. So their heap leach processing, all of these kinds of things, they're going to say environmentally uh, friendly but it's not. It's pouring acid onto rock to break it down. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> there's yeah. nothing. There's <laughs> nothing about that that is environmentally friendly. But <laughs> look, um, I, I think uh, so Vulcan I think would be cautious. I'd, I'd say it's a hold. Neometals, I'm, I'll leave that one alone. Um, and uh, core lithium, I'd say it's a buy. I think that's a good little little specky one for you.
5: Okay, nice. Uh, we'll, the we'll, last sort of section of the materials and mining, and then we'll move on to... Uh, A few different sectors, but we got a couple of gold miners uh, that came through. Evolution Mining, ASX EVN, and Regis Resources, RRL is the ticker. Any thoughts on either of those?
3: So I'll be quick on this one. RRL is probably a sell, and Evolution is a buy. Evolution I really like. I think Evolution is one of those sort of mid-tier, but it's now in the big boy area. They've consolidated a couple of companies. I think Evolution is one of those ones that uh, it will do very, very well. Regis, on the other hand, if you look at their share price chart, has just been going sort of slowly going down further. They came out with a couple of reports saying that they weren't going to be able to get their output or the gold output as much. Regis has always been those ones that is is basically moving a lot of dirt to get a small grade, so it's a lot of uh, intensive mining to get uh, a little bit of dirt, a little bit of gold out of the ground. So you just got to be a bit cautious, and the market's always known that they uh, are that kind of miner. But, yeah, management are very, very good on Regis, but I think that one is one to avoid at the moment.
4: All right, Adam, so let's move on to the tech sector, always a hot sector for not only the EM community but investors out there. So before we get on to the community picks, are there any top buys and top sells on your list?
3: Okay, so if we look at the overall market as such, tech stocks have had a fantastic run. They've yep. had their day in the sun and, and look, you know, back to, back to the late 90s uh, where there was a tech crash. The reason why there was a tech crash because everybody got hyped up about these things but there was no revenue coming in the door. <laughs> so, yeah, that's a classic example. But, you know, this time is different. Uh, this time there's actually revenue coming in the door, right? And I think that's, that's the biggest thing for these tech stocks is, is, is that revenue and that continuing to come through. In saying that, we are at a peak of the market. We've had a fantastic couple of years. Markets have done well and tech stocks have done well. So be cautious in this tech space at the moment because you need to look at companies that have got annual recurring revenue, or ARR. You need to make sure that they're making money and they've got a decent idea. Now, one of the stocks we're going to talk about, Airtasker, I don't think it, it, it's got a good idea but it's it's it struggled. So my top buyers and sells, I'm going to be very, very boring in the tech space (laughs) at the moment. I know. What, (laughs) eh? Some grey-haired guy telling you what's Nothing wrong with
5: boring if it makes money. (laughs) That's right because
3: I think we're in the cycle, we're at the part of the cycle of the tech stocks that when this market does fall and this market will fall, okay, this market will re-rate back because there's going to be no quantitative easing, no free money anymore. The mattress is going to get pulled away from us. As well as then interest rates are going to start to rise, so all of a sudden all of these growth tech stocks are going to struggle as well. So my favourites are zero. I think it's a fantastic business, mm-hmm. rain, hail or shine. This thing will do very, very well. Everybody might say at 150 bucks, geez, what are you talking about? But I think this one is certainly one. So zero, and then the other one is Phineos, FCL. I think the stock code is for my buy. This is a really boring text play, right? (laughs) It goes in and and re-energises big insurance companies and schools and those kinds of things, computer systems, because in the the US everything's still paper-based. You wouldn't think so, but like even they just got rid of certificates, right, for for shares, right? right? So (laughs) So everything's paper-based. So these guys come in and then take over and then build these systems. So I think that one is very, very boring, but it will do you quite well They need to forward. go into law firms. Yeah, they, exactly. So insurance and in schools are their big sort of target market, but the market is huge yeah, for yeah. what they can do. What about on the sell side? Can I say uh, Afterpay? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> can certainly say it. <laughs> well, look, uh, uh, Afterpay has had its run. It's, it, it, it is now a square stock, yeah? yeah?
5: Yeah.
3: Right? Now, the reason why I say sell for Afterpay, there's two reasons. One is that a lot of investors don't know how to deal with US stock. Now, if, if Afterpay comes out and and delists from the ASX and goes overseas, all of a sudden you've got this stock that you, don't one, don't know how to get rid of, don't know how to manage and don't know how to do your tax on. So I would say Afterpay is going to stay in Australia once it gets moved across. It will stay in Australia for a little bit, but it's going to disappear. When you do more than 60% of your revenue or business overseas, why are you still listed in Australia? So I think that's the reason... So the first reason is to, is afterpay is because you don't want to hold international stock. The second reason is is that I think it's already done. Like the the movement up that we've seen and, and it's been fantastic for our industry, it's been fantastic for me as a, as a stockbroker to to have that, but I just don't feel that it, yeah, it, it it's done, it's run. And yeah. I think I think in the last well, we've seen the last sort of 3 months afterpay's been sideways to down. Yeah. You could have invested that money, put it into something else and you would have done better. So Yeah, dare I say it, uh, market darling, but I think it's had its run to Afterpay. Wow, I
5: burning bridges left, right and centre here. (laughs) (laughs) But that's why we like you coming on, Adam. You're willing to make the big calls. Yeah. So uh, let's get stuck into some of the uh, tech stocks from the Equity Mates community. You mentioned Airtasker there. So let's start with Airtasker. What are your thoughts?
3: My thought is is that this company you listed with a bit of fanfare. I think that was fantastic. The stock rallied really hard and it did well and then it sort of plateaued out. So, you know, it was a good trade on the open and things like that. The second thing is is that then 3, maybe 2 months later, they came out and did another cap raise. Like all of a sudden you're thinking, well, you know, you in your prospectus you say that uh, this is money's going to last us for a year to 2 years. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden you're raising more money for another big acquisition. All of a sudden I think that's really dented the company's outlook. It started to rally a little bit at the moment. But my problem is is that I've used Airtasker before and a guy's come over and and painted our deck and done some stuff. But then all of a sudden he gave me his card and said, don't worry about going through Airtasker, just give me a quick call. (laughs) And I think that's the way that that, it will work because he doesn't have to pay Airtasker the 10% or Mm. 15% or whatever the percentage is going forward. I just think the business model is flawed because those contractors will just say, "Look, call me next time." Here's my card, and so they don't need AirTasker over the longer period. And I think that's the reason why I'm a seller of AirTasker. I think the business model is good for the first meeting, but second, third meeting, I don't think you need to use them. And and yeah, unless you you know you're talking about uh, developing developing a website um, and, and you you get some Indians to to bid against it, then I think it's it's in the right space for tradies those kind of things where they come over and build ikea furniture for you uh uh, yeah i don't see that being as a a sustainable business model going forward
4: Mm. that's exactly how i use our tasker right get get them once never use it again get their number there you go yeah (laughs) (laughs) so we've got one here from sam ready tech holdings asx rdy it's a good little uh
3: software as a service business and it's done very 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 well so I'd I'd be a holder of this one. I think it's already had a really good run. I think that ARR, so that annual recurring revenue, is looking good. uh, But I'd just be cautious on the share price. It looks a little bit toppy up here. So hold for me on ReadyTech. Nice.
5: In the spirit of boring companies, we've got one from Craig. uh, Computer share, CPU.
3: Yeah, so it's a classic example of how the US and they've come, they've gone into the US and they've they've changed the whole share registry side of things to become computerized. So I still deal with people who want to sell US stock and have to send me a certificate, right? <laughs> it costs $75 to then courier it from Australia to to the US cuz if I lose that certificate somewhere along the line, I, I I'm stuffed. Yeah. So computer share, look, I think it's a great little Great little. It's, it's a great business. It's not a little business. Mm-hmm. I think it is doing well in the US. It's very interest rate sensitive or dollar sensitive. So interest rates move up and down. Uh, the US dollar, Aussie dollar moves around. It is quite sensitive to that. So I'll be a little bit cautious along those lines. But look, I, I think for a boring stock, big blue chip, it's a buy. Uh, a
4: well-known part of the wax, Appen, APX,
3: They've had a hard time, haven't they? Mm. They really have. And I remember us talking about this one last time time we were there and I don't think the share price has gotten any really any better. Mm. I think that they really need to re-energise their business model. I think overall the big companies are now saying that they can do exactly what Appen's been doing the whole way through and I think it's a hold. I prefer Altium if we're looking at that kind of space. I think Appen and Altium. I think Altium is a better business with better revenue so it would be a definite hold for me on Appen. I'd be cautious here. Um and Altium would be my buy in that wax. Uh and we like zero we like yes, zero we as like well. Zero. So mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah.
5: Yeah, I think Appen is a story that a lot of investors can learn a lot from in terms of like reliance on big customers and like a great business model. But is it a sustainable business model? And yeah, yeah there's, it's a really interesting case study. Well, it's
3: it's all about voice, so you know, voice is is, is a big thing. And when we talk, my eleven-year-old doesn't type into his phone; he just talks to it. You know, so Appen's fantastic for that. Appen also does those, you know, find a bus on those six tile things. But a computer can't do that. So they've got rooms and rooms full of people <laughs> putting these images together. So it's manual. But then Microsoft, Google, whatever, said, look, we can do this ourselves. Why do we need to employ Apple yeah. to do mm-hmm. that? Yeah. And that's what the lesson investors should learn is that don't get always get very comfortable with these stocks. Your layers can get taken out of you pretty quickly. And so you always need to be monitoring the portfolio and taking profit where you can de-risking the portfolio as much as you can going forward.
5: So probably no bigger story in the uh, world economy, I guess, than semiconductors at the moment. Uh, A couple of semiconductor stocks listed on the ASX, uh, Archer Materials and Webit Nano. Uh, What are your thoughts on those two?
3: Yeah, look, Archer uh, AXE, I remember when it used to be a graphite miner in South Australia (laughs) and wasn't doing very well at it, but was claimed to fame, was had it... One of the biggest graphite um, flakes. Now, we, when we talk about graphite, is like a, 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 a it's going to say a commodity, and it's 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 like layers like slate. It's got yeah. layers and layers and layers, and the longer you can get that graphite out, uh, the layers of those, it's more conductive for electricity, better heat, blah, 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 that, those kinds of things. So I remember when that was this was this kind of company. Now, obviously, they've moved themselves into quantum computing, right? And from a a, (laughs) from a mine, it's like a a miner becoming a biotech, and then a biotech becoming a (laughs) a a, a quantum computing uh, business. It's like
5: when Kodak went into blockchain. There you go. There you go. Well, they had to, didn't they? They had to do
3: something. So, look, I think Archer overall with the quantum computing side of things has done very, very well and it's been a very successful story. They're talking about that quantum computing to be able to be smart enough to be on your mobile phone, so having a quantum computer because quantum computing is all about heat and and the the energy that it takes, but these guys have got it so well down and, and so pat that they can basically put it on a mobile phone uh, and you could have – I mean, these are very powerful machines already. Mm. It can be more powerful going forward in that quantum computing. So, look, I, I think it's had a good run. I think it still needs – I think they raised some capital the other day. I think, you know, so they're still continuing to do it. I don't know if there's any real revenue coming in the door. So i would be cautious. But, hey, look, let's stick a buy on this one. I mean – you know, what do you got to lose?
5: <laughs> Money.
3: <laughs> Sorry, I, I've had one copy today. I should, I should have pulled back. I love that. Um, I love but, look, that. you know, let, let, you know so if you're going to swing for the fences, I think something like this, quantum computing and those kinds of things, I think you're going to do yeah. quite well. So no, I so. think that's fine. So Webit Nano, that, again, is a very, very interesting story. It's always been a competitor 40S. I don't know if anybody knows 40S. It's all about memory and flash drives. So when you, you use your phone or your camera, you know, it used to be able to fit 50 photos on your little flash drive. You can now fit 300,000 photos and, and with your mobile phone. So that memory and that storage I think is a really interesting area. 40S has slowed down a lot, but Webit Nano has definitely run. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I'm happy to buy Webit Nano as well. I think this one is the leader in its field.
4: Nice one. So, Adam, to close out the tech space, uh, one that has a bit of buzz, Ordinate. Eighty-eight.
3: Yeah, ordinate is a gr- really interesting business. Now, this is a reopening trade. Now, we hear a lot about this reopening trade, as far as um, uh, travel, uh, you know, supermarkets, you know, all these kinds of things for this reopening trade, but. Certainly Ordinate is one of those ones. Now Ordinate's got a fantastic business that it takes audio cables, which is the white plug and the red plug that you used to plug plac- <laughs> it I'm showing my age here, but plug it into the back of your stereo uh, to to put to speakers. Now they've made it basically made it digital. And so you'd really think that that overall the world should be digitalized, but audio is still very much like we can see in this in this uh, studio, it's very much a cord-based yeah, yeah. system. So Ordinate has been electronic, and this is going through to massive stadiums, to um, the, the speakers that go on the train stations, all of those kinds of things. So for me, it's a buy. We did have some problems with uh, chip shortages, okay, and that is still going to plague them. I said, So I think you'd be careful about that one. But, look, certainly I think overall, um, Ordinate is a buy and I, I really like that story going forward. Awesome. Well, Adam, let's
4: move to one of my favourite sectors of the market and that's retail and consumer discretionary. <laughs> so before we get into some of the EM picks, uh, any that are top buyers or top sells.
3: When I came on last time, we talked about Woolworths. and you did. We talked what a about, sock. What a sock, <laughs> eh? I knew you'd like that one. Uh, but, look, you know, so, so okay, so – Probably Woolworths is a hold and Coles is a hold. The reason why is that basket size for people is going to slow down now, okay? We've been two years of lockdown. What did you do? We had a run on toilet paper, go figure. Um, (laughs) We had a run on all these things, right? So people, basket size was massive because they weren't able to go out. They had to eat at home. Now all of a sudden we're opening up again that basket size is going to shrink because I can go out for breakfast, I can go out for dinner, mm. I can do those kinds of things. So I think you've got to be a little bit careful about that. Also food inflation, so that's going to be a huge issue for Woolworths and Coles uh, as well as Metcash is food inflation. Are they going to pass that on to the consumer? I reckon they will. Same. Yeah, I reckon they will. So all of a sudden food, uh, it starts to rise. And then also, you know, you see on the, um, on the shelves – uh, sorry for the inconvenience, but we're having trouble yeah,
5: getting yeah, these yeah, products. Cool. Yeah. Right,
3: so mark my words. Coming into Christmas, you're going to need to make sure that you've got your tin of spam uh, <laughs> ready uh, for your ham because it might not be delivered. Yeah. Right, okay. So just be careful about that. So they've got sh- they've got uh, food shortages or supply chain issues. They've got a food inflation.
4: And basket sizes are shrinking, so no food on the Christmas table because of issues there, and no presents under the tree because of supply chain. Looks like a heavy Christmas. I've got one before we move on: Go. buy, hold, or sell Endeavour.
3: I think it's a buy. Alcohol has never been a better better place to invest, and we did talk about Endeavour last time and the reasons why we buy Woolworths is to get access. Now that Endeavour's actually done okay, it's done. It's it's still a little bit choppy. But again, it's a reopening trade because they've got 330 pubs uh, around Australia. Those pubs um, uh, haven't really been open for the last 6, 8, 12 months or whatever, so they'll start to then move forward. And then really from there, that pub industry is very fragmented. You don't have – you maybe you've got you know a couple that have got 10, 15 pubs, but it's fragmented around there. And with the backing of a, a $11 billion market cap, Endeavour can come in, consolidate a lot of those businesses and then do well, plus Dan Murphy's is fantastic. Jimmy Brings is a great little service as well. I think Endeavour's a buyer. I think it'll do well.
5: So we've got three consumer discretionary stocks that we'll yeah. uh, rip through. Uh, yeah. So the first one, getting a lot of buzz recently, uh, Setire, CTT.
3: Buys luxury goods online. I mean, I don't know. I, I can't see what the the value is in that. Uh, when we talk about moat, there's, there's a lot of people that can compete against mm. that. Yeah, so I don't know where it's getting its market clout from, but it's certainly done very, very well. Yeah, it's buzzing. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. So I'm going to say hold because I don't know that much about the business and it doesn't, you know, anybody can set up a website to put luxury goods on. Now maybe they've got some uh, individual contracts from Louis Vuitton or – you know some of these sort of businesses, so that they could only use their website. But I doubt that. Mm. I think they they would be happy to sell on any website. So yeah,
5: I think it's a it's a race to build a brand and get a loyal customer base before anyone else does do exactly the yeah. same thing, or the or the brands do it direct themselves. Well, that's right. Yeah. So
3: like you know, you look at Adore Beauty, right? It, it came on with a lot of fanfare. Mm. But didn't looking, do very very yeah, well. I was uh, looking at it the other
4: day. It's done nothing.
3: Yeah. So makeup, you know, you think they build a brand, mm. they you know they get Revlon, and Revlon can sell it at Great uh, at Myers <laughs> or David Jones. Yeah. All right. I'm old. <laughs> I'm only forty eight. Right. <laughs> I, like, I, I, if I was a baby boomer, I'd love the portfolio of property that they had. <laughs> yeah, but I don't. So uh, anyway, so yeah, building a brand, I think is in adore is has struggled really to become mm, yeah. uh, its own. Uh, but albeit we always thought that that would be a great business, but, yeah, it struggled. So, so, Ty, I'm going to say a hold because I don't think the moat is there enough or it, the business isn't defensible enough, mm-hmm. and I'd love anybody to prove me wrong, but I just don't see that that is a, a sustainable business going forward, but it's done very, very well for everybody who's been yeah. in it. So I, would, I don't want to, yeah, I think it's a hold.
5: Well, given you mentioned a door, let's uh, let's do a bonus one, buy, yeah. hold, or sell.
3: Um.
5: If if you haven't thought about it, no, no, no. no I know. I don't. I <laughs> I'm just
3: struggling because I bought it on the IPO, and I've still got clients holding it, and it was the wrong call. The, the reason why it was the wrong call, and I, you've always got to have rules when you invest. The, my f- cardinal rule, which I broke myself, I never buy off private equity. Okay, when private equity comes in, and they. They'll wrap it up. They'll make it look really good. They'll cut all the costs, but they load it up with debt, and they just then bring it back to the market. And number one, there's a couple of rules that I have for investing. One of those rules is never buy from private equity or an IPO from private equity. And I did it. It was and and yeah, I, I, um, I'm hurting at the moment. I think it's a sell. I can't. I can't see. They're saying like with Endeavor, they're saying that they can. Um, Get their own brands. Um, so, in other words, it's going to be a door beauty. So, Revlon's going to scrub their name off it, and they're going to put a door beauty on it, and they're going to make more profit. So, I think that that's that's a good thing. Endeavor is looking to do its own branded liquor as well. But I just think for a door, yeah, it, it's it's going to struggle mm. going
4: forward. Nice, one of my favorites, uh, City Chic Collective, CCX, or City Chic, whatever. Yeah,
3: it, it's a buy. Yeah, yeah. Mm. No offense to plus size anybody, no. but this is uh, a growing industry, and uh, look, certainly the market, good niche, is getting bigger. Yes. So yeah, uh, that's <laughs> my last. That, that's that. my last. That's my last one. I won't go any further. Uh, but yeah, look, certainly I think uh, it, it is one that is is in the right space in the US, uh, uh, in Europe, absolutely Australia. Plus size people don't like walking into a plus size store. Hmm. So buying it online, perfect, gets delivered, done, done, chop, chop, you're done. So, yeah, yeah I think it's a buy. Mm. Nice. Absolutely.
5: And then one consumer discretionary, not really retail, uh, but we'll group it in here, yeah. Lark Distilling. Uh, Interesting, L- eh? Okay, yeah.
3: Yeah, so got a great, great brand, well-renowned. Mm. well, well renowned. There is a lag in any distilling business, and we looked at another vodka tequila business that we were doing a pre-IPO round for as well I looked into it but the problem is with these things is, is that you make a bottle of whiskey or, or, or bourbon or whatever but it needs you need to wait two years before you can put it on the shelf. So you've got to have enough inventory cycling through plus the sales at the other end to keep that inventory moving unless you get this backlog and then you've mm. got too much inventory as well. So I'm cautious on these guys. I love drinking it. I love, I love <laughs> the, what it does but as an investment – if you've got a longer time period, then it's okay. But markets like to see good revenue, moving of inventory and profitability, and it's very difficult with these guys because they have to keep it in the barrel for two years minimum. Then you've got your premium ones which are in there for four to five years, and that just takes time, money to get that out there. So I'd be cautious on life. Okay, so At is that moment. a
5: hold or a sell? It's a sell. Okay. Yeah, I,
3: I I don't like that industry. I like, as I said, drinking it. But as a business, I'm not too,
4: yeah, not too crash on it. I'm not, uh, yeah. Adam, before we head into one that I'm really looking forward to, which is travel and transport, we're going to just take a quick break to hear from our sponsors.
1: Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile.
2: Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.
4: So Adam, world is reopening. Airports are reopening. What are your thoughts on the travel transport sector? Stocks like Qantas, Webjet. Yep. Where is your head at?
3: Okay, so Qantas... I've never been a fan of Qantas. It takes too many people to get you on the airplane, and it's very high, um, uh, high asset business. They've got lots of planes, lots of things like that. But with oil prices rising, I think Qantas is a sell. Al- albeit that it's done very, very well, they're going to have to raise more capital soon. Albeit they sold some of the Sydney Airport, they sold uh, a bit of land they owned, and that gave them another billion dollars. That's going to stave off the walls a little bit, but I think they're going to still need to raise money. We're going to have these sporadic lockdowns, and I think that's the reason why I don't like Qantas, is because once we open the world up, we're going to be up and down, closing in and out, and I think Qantas is going to suffer. Plus, rising oil prices is a big issue for these guys. So, yeah, I'd be cautious on that. Webjet, I think, is a great little business. Uh, It's done very well. Flight Center's been a killer of, of it as well. But I think Webjet, that reopening trade's already happened for these guys, so I'd be cautious on Webjet. It is probably the most shorted stock on the ASX. I think Zip and Webjet are both the highest shorted stocks on the on the ASX. So I'd be careful. There's a lot of pressure going to the downside on those ones.
5: You mentioned Flight Centre. There uh, yeah. was is a similar similar story. Also a sell because of this rolling lockdown question about travel.
3: Thing is with uh, Flight Centre is probably a hold at twenty dollars. Remember, Flight Center re um, did its whole entire capital base at about four dollars, five dollars, or something down there. It raised its whole market cap again. Mm. It was trading at forty dollars quite happily. If it raised its whole market cap with dilution, that means it's a twenty dollars stock now. Yep. So be careful about Flight Center because it's there. The only saving grace for Flight Center is is that you are going to need more documentation than you've ever ever needed to go overseas, and a lot of people can't do that themselves. Travel agents are saying, like Flight Centre saying, we can actually do all of that for you. Yeah. You may as well come to us, right? Because you used to be able to just buy a flight to Fiji, you know, and do five different legs around the South Pacific and whatever and no problems. Now you're going to need testing, paperwork, visas, like the whole kit and caboodle and it's going to be very difficult for people. So Flight centers come in and said we'll be able to do a lot of that for us. So I think that's their saving yeah, grace. They're a full service travel yeah. sector and that's why I think the share price has moved. But be careful because... Uh, dilution is now. It's twenty bucks, but really, it's a forty dollars stock in the in the world that was. So yeah, just be careful on Flight Center.
4: All right, moving to healthcare biotech. What are your thoughts? And the two companies that have come through from the community: Mesoblast and Imogen?
3: Mesoblast is a sell. Okay. I am user buy. Nice. Right. Mesoblast is way too volatile, and I don't have the stomach to <laughs> to do it. In any biotech stock, it's either a binary outcome: does the medicine work, yes or no? Does the cancer treatment work, yes or no? Is this effective? If it isn't effective or didn't meet its endpoint, the stock falls and goes like a drop, and fall. If it is, then it starts to work and the stock goes higher. So Mesoblast has had too many tries at getting this cancer treatment right, and I just, no, it's just too risky for me. Imagine, on the other hand, has got some really good products and they've got some really good uh, technology. I think at 40 cents, 45, they did a big cap raise, which surprised the market. Bit of dilution there, but I think IMU will do well in the long term.
5: Nice. Uh, let's move to financials. Uh, there's a few from the uh, Equity Mates community, but let's start. Any top buys or top sells in the financial space?
3: Macquarie, even at $200. This thing is an unstoppable beast, it's
5: unbelievable. right? Yeah. Yes,
3: it hurts buying a two hundred dollar stock. Everybody, I get it. I get it. CSL at three hundred. I get it. Like I get it. But this is a business that is going to be, and it's been going green or ESG friendly for many, many years. But they saw it writing on the wall years and years ago. It'll only be now that you realise that. Oh, geez, these guys have got all these things. They're fantastic at making money. Commodities. Um, Property, bank, all of that kind of stuff, Macquarie is absolute buy and I'll just keep continuing to buy it for my clients. It's mm, just, yeah. I don't have a problem
4: with it. Uh, we did say we wouldn't do zip, but let's do zip. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's my nightmare because uh, I've got a lot of stock in this one. Uh, Assurance Partners, we've got a buy on it. I'm going to stay with us with a buy. The problem is it is highly shorted. Over, I think it's over uh, 10% of the share register now, 11% of the share register is shorted. Wow. So they're really betting on this thing going lower. Mm. The reason why I like it is, it, it again, in that tech space, it's a land grab. They've gone to South Africa. They've gone to the UK. They've gone to India. They're in the US. So it's this land grab. The rumour is, and this is rumour, that, well. um, yeah, <laughs> that, that they've done a deal to do a global payment system which will basically be overarching across all countries around the world. So that'll be on like an Amazon website but a global one. So they're going out now getting these land grabs and getting all of their ducks in a row for all these major areas but then it's basically going to go onto an Amazon website which is the global one and it'll be just their own payment system because Amazon owns a little bit of Zip, Mm -hmm. right? So this is where the rumour is that they're going to have this global payment system which is going to be bigger than potentially Afterpay. Now with Square and Afterpay together, that's going to be tough, but that's the thing. The second thing and the reason why I like Zip is, is that if Afterpay does leave, right, does leave it, that means that it is now the biggest and the best buy now, pay later business in Australia. Mm. So I'm going to stay with Zip. I'm going, to, I'm going to keep pushing forward with it. I've got a lot of stock in it. We are very close to the company, but it's, it's, it's a hard one at the moment because it's basically flatline and doing nothing and not really a lot of interest in it at the moment. So, mm. yeah, be careful.
5: I think there's a whole other episode in market rumours with Adam Dawes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> love now, that. Now love my that. mind is just running wild with imagine if Amazon acquired Zip, how yeah, much yeah, content yeah. we could make out of that.
3: Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. They've, yeah, got, they've got a piece in there. So it's not too far off yeah. from, from that happening. But you can see the land grab. You can see where they're going. And if they're on a big portal like Amazon and it's their only – or they're only buying our pay later, mm. that's huge. That's huge. That's massive. Yeah. But it just has to happen and that's why it's a rumour.
5: Yeah, market rumours with Adam Doors coming soon. <laughs> <laughs> so a couple more names that we'll just rip through very quickly. Uh, rural Funds Group, RFF.
3: This is a buy. Be a little bit careful. Chickens uh, are very fickle uh, and I think any kind of rural business is very fickle. If, you know, they do the planting and then the rain doesn't come for a, a week afterwards and 250 grand gets toasted, you know, that kind of thing. I think it's got to be a bit careful, but I like this one. It, it, it's got a conglomerate of couple of different things. So yeah, a, a rural funds management's a buy from me.
5: Uh,
3: Challenger,
5: it's
4: C- a sell. Sell, nice. <laughs> <laughs> that, I love that. <laughs> Sorry,
3: Jordan. Sorry about that one. Uh, it's a sell. Yeah. No. Look, um, it, it's struggled and will continue to struggle. Uh, they they changed their business model a while back. They were doing a lot more high risk property investing, those kinds of things. Challenger is a business where you get annuities. So you give them $100 and then they're going to give you $10 every year for the next 20 years, right? So they need to invest in things, annuities. They need to invest in things that are very secure. So they had to then change the way they're investing from this property, which was doing very, very well, but back to bonds. And bonds have struggled and bonds are going to get 1% to 2% return and then they're going to – yeah, so uh, Challenger for me – Uh, with all of the things that it's done and it's potentially come up a little bit, but I think challenger is a sell.
5: Mm. And then final company that we're going to cover today and apologies to everyone in the community that we didn't get to, there were just too many stocks. Adam (laughs) is too popular, but if you want to hear more from him, you can listen to him on the ASX uh, Investor Day website. Or you could go to the and Partners website and email him personally. Please Uh, do. Apologies (laughs) if your inbox is now flooded. (laughs) Um, But final company for today, Australian Ethical Funds, AEF. What are your thoughts? Yeah.
3: This is probably one of the most expensive fund managers on the ASX. When I say expensive, I mean that their NTA, so their net tangible assets, if they sold up all of their funds today, it's – far less than what the share price is trading at. So be careful when you're looking at these things. You've got to just scratch a little bit below the surface. However, it's done very, very well because it's got ethical in yeah. the name, mm. right? And if you want something that you don't know how to get into ethical or don't know how to do that, then certainly something like an ethical fund like this, you think, okay, that's fantastic. However, so for me it's a hold. If you've got it, I think you'd hold it and you do it. But I would be buying an ethical ETF, and there's some out there. Vanguard do some, BetaShares do some for the local as well as international markets, and I think that is a better way to get access to ethical investments
4: for the longer term would be your ETFs. Well, Adam... As always, you've done an amazing job at ripping through about fifty stocks yeah, in in forty five 45 minutes. <laughs> As Ren said, there were plenty more on the list. Apologies to all of the community members who did uh, submit some, but we just couldn't get to all of them in time. We're going to have to get you on for a follow up and Absolutely. a separate podcast, Market Rumors with Market Adam Dawes, <laughs> <laughs> which we can blow your yeah. voice in yeah. face. Yeah. There we go. All right.
5: <laughs> <laughs> we should probably take your name out of the title. True. <laughs> Adam
4: roars. Um, <laughs> So, Adam, for those that want to follow you more, get a sense of what you're doing, where would be the best place to look?
3: Oh, uh, well, I'm, I'm, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I'm on LinkedIn. Um, we would just look up and Partners. Uh, that's where I've sort of – that's my job. I've been there 18 years, so happy to speak to anybody. Uh, and, um, yeah, contact me, give me an email, and
4: I'll definitely answer every one of them. Awesome. Well, it has been an absolute pleasure. We appreciate the time that you give to the Equitamates community and uh, certainly look forward to getting you back on. For the next ASX Investor Day to do this all again. Absolutely. Thank, Thank you. you very much. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of Equity Mates. We love hearing from you, so drop us a line at contact equitymates.com, or even better, go to your podcast player and leave a five-star review. Also, a reminder that the Equity Mates content train doesn't stop when you've run out of episodes to binge. We've got a brand new website, a Facebook discussion group. We're on Instagram, YouTube, and slowly making our way as an influencer on TikTok. Well, that's Ren. So uh, come and say hello and join the community. We'd love to welcome you until next time.
0: Equity mates investing podcast is a product of equity mates media. All information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. Equity mates gives listeners access to information and educational content provided by a range of financial service professionals. It is not intended as a substitute for professional finance, legal or tax advice. The hosts of Equitymates Investing Podcast are not financial professionals and are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Equitymates Media does not operate under an Australian financial services license and relies on the exemption available under the Corporations Act 2001 in respect of any information or advice given. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and, if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. Do not take financial advice from a podcast or video.